just out in 2019, our newly released paperback version of our book, Affordable Interior Design, High-End Tips for Any Budget, has just hit shelves. If you want to learn more about selecting your style, picking the perfect paint colors, choosing a color palette that will wow, then you won't want to miss this book. Plus, it has a whole bunch of pretty pictures. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the shop tab, and you will see our book for $14.99. Additionally, if you purchase it on our website, I will personally sign it for you. And if you use promo code podcast at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order. Head to our website and grab your copy today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. I'm joined today by Meredith Lerner, and Meredith and I go way back. Not only is she interested in the home space, she's worked in the home space as a TV producer, and she's also an avid traveler. So today she's here with us to share lifestyle travel tips. She has so many budget and affordable angles for trips and travel, and she'll also tell us a little bit about her TV work behind the scenes at HGTV. So Meredith, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Before we launch in, I would love to tell people a little bit about how we initially met. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> because it was over, how many years ago? Was it eight years? I think it was about eight or nine years ago. Um, <laughs> I was fully working uh, in the HDTV world at that point. And um, my husband and I, uh, we were dating at the time and we moved into a new apartment. And I desperately needed some interior design advice. And I took your class, which was super exciting. Yeah. So back then I offered in-person classes in New York City. And she was in the class. I think you took one or all three classes. I, I took know. all three. All three classes. She got the full bundle. Such a good deal. And filled with knowledge and fun. And then we talked afterwards. And we've kept in touch on Facebook, as you do. And I've been a huge fan of her blog. Because not only does she give tons of amazing and as I mentioned, affordable travel tips. She also really reveals her personal journeys and what she finds. And when I go on vacation, I just want to go to the good spots. I don't want to mess around with the tourist traps or even the tourist restaurants. Just tell me what to do, Meredith. So tell us what to do. Tell us <laughs> tell us about how you got the travel bug through HGTV, because I thought that was interesting. Yeah, of course. Well, I've had the travel bug, I think, for a really long time. So what was so great for me is when an opportunity came along to work on House Hunters International, because that really was a blending of, of two passions of mine. I love real estate and looking at homes and home design or interior design, and I love travel. And I feel like that show was really a combination of the two. So it was super exciting to... Um, you know, the, the people that we have on the show to learn about their journeys and, and the move that they're making and traveling overseas and, and all what that says to them and, and also searching for a home overseas, which is super challenging. Um, so I feel like that show inspired me 
to dig deeper with my travel and potentially living abroad. And as you said, I do talk about my personal journey a bit on my blog. And one of the big storylines this year is my husband, who is from India originally, is spending much of the year living there. And I've been commuting back and forth between um, New York City and India so I can spend time with him. So I've had a bit of my own House Hunters International journey this year, uh, living in Chennai, India with my husband for some of the time. Now, how long did you work on House Hunters, by the way? Um, well, it's funny. I actually worked on the show for um, two and a half years the first time. And it, in that capacity, I was um, heading up casting and our producers and our directors. So we would often have seven crews in the field at a given time, shooting wow. episodes all over the world. So we didn't get much sleep on that show because we'd be, you know, taking phone calls from Australia and Europe and Asia, um, but it was super exciting. And now I've come back in the capacity as one of the directors of the show. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's a different role, um, but I know exactly what all of the directors go through to to make these shows happen because I worked very closely with them the first time I worked on the show. Yeah. And real quickly, and then we're going to move off House Hunters, even though sure. I'm a super fan. <laughs> but I was so sad to hear that the voiceover artist, I think she passed away from breast cancer last week. Yes. And that was, um, she was, I think, just on the original season of the show. And oh. then, you know, what's very typical with um, TV shows is they'll, the networks will tinker after the first season or two because they want to, um, they want to make it the best show they can make it. And so a creative decision was made way before I was on the show that they wouldn't have a host and there would just be oh. someone who does the voiceover of the show. And that yeah. is someone different now than uh, oh. who originally. But I think because the brand name is so recognizable and so well known that people even remembered her um, from that first season. Well, I don't know if it's because I'm auditorily focused because I listen to so many podcasts, but it's almost like I've linked her to that brand. Right. And I just hear her voice in my head when I'm, you know, passing it on the channels or watching. So maybe she's just in the background. But what a legacy to leave because really her voice was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's segue because are you planning on moving to India? When you said you feel like house hunters, tell me more about. So I spent a few months there um, at the beginning of this year when my husband first moved over there. And uh, that was pretty incredible. Um, I think uh, it, it was fortunate enough. It was fortunate for me that um, I wasn't working. I was other than doing some House Hunters International shows. So when I was there in India, I really got to take in the culture and enjoy being there. The, the experience of discovering so many new things. So that was very exciting for me. And now um, I'm planning to go back for a couple of months this fall. And so it won't be quite as new for me because I'll be heading back to Chennai again, but it will be a homecoming in a sense because I'll get to see a lot of the uh, friends I made and local connections. And we plan to do a little bit more exploring together this time, which will be really great. So I'm very excited about it. 
one thing, you know, I actually have a client in Bangalore and she's been trying to get me to come over. But I must say, even though I love to travel, there's something about, well, first of all, I don't want to get that diarrhea that everybody talks about. <laughs> I know. Is that really short-sighted of me that I only don't want to go because I don't want to get diarrhea? But what I know, concern. <laughs> but I need to be braver and I need to say yes. Mm. What are some tips you would give somebody who's, you know, a little bit nervous about traveling outside of the Western world? Right. Um, that's a good question. I think don't, you know, don't read too much into it. I think you can, you know, go on Google and you can start reading things and get really nervous and, and get the wrong impression of how it's going to be. And I think, um, once you travel to outside of your comfort zone and you do it that first time, it gets easier after that. I think to increase your comfort level, I would talk to people who've actually traveled to those places or that country and get that firsthand information from them. Like, for example, I've been to India numerous times now and knock on wood, I've never really had any bad stomach issues. So I think, you know, you just have to be a smart traveler. And I think you can get stomach issues as easily in Mexico as you can. That happened. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm never going back. Yeah. We went three right. times. What is it? Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not enough Pepto in Mexico for me anymore. Like I drained it dry and we're <laughs> never going back. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So I think talk to people who've been to the country. If you're nervous about setting up the travel, then I would use that's the time to use a professional, like a travel agent. And there are many affordable options out there now. Um, you don't need to pay a fortune to have someone help you book your travel or book a driver so you feel safer when you're going out exploring. Um, and I would say, uh, look at the travel blogs. You know, obviously I have a lot on my blog about India now, but um, this really isn't a self plug. I, when I travel, I often look at other travel blogs because again, you're, you're learning from someone who travels a lot and, um, has really good advice and tips typically. And they normally, when they go to a country, they do a lot of exploring and a lot of traveling there. So they really know the lay of the land. And so I trust, um, much of what they're telling me in their blogs. Now, we have plugged your blog several times, but we have not said the no. name of it. We have no. not said the name. Meredith, this is a huge oversight. Tell us the name of your blog. So the name of my blog is Let's Be Merry. And that name came about because my nickname growing up it was Mary. And all my friends who I've known since uh, grade school and even my friends in college still call me Mary. But professionally now in the world of television, I go by Meredith. Um, but let's be merry for me is really, um, it just symbolizes how I approach life. I think we have to find the joy and the good and the fun in everything that we're doing. And, um, that extends beyond the world of travel for me. I think even when you're at home, um, with your family and friends, there are ways every day that you can find, uh, the joy in life and, and be merry, if you will. But one of my favorite things about reading your blog is that you do feel like you're getting this insider scoop 
Like I really, you had even some national within the United States travel mm -hmm. blogs and it's so helpful. I'm like, I'm just going to print this out and only do these <laughs> things. So tell us, what is your favorite international location and your favorite national location if you had to choose? Okay. It's hard to choose, but I, one place that I ended up going to twice this year internationally that I'd never been to before was Singapore. And I fell in love with that country. Um, the first time I went, I traveled alone while I was in India. I just spent a few days there and I figured it's a very safe place and it would be easy to travel alone as a woman there. And then uh, ironically, House Hunters International booked me to do a show there a couple of months later. So I got to go back. Um, and I think what I loved about Singapore is um, the architecture and the design there is so innovative and I feel like it's ahead of its time. And, you know, everyone's talking about sustainability now and you can really see how they're incorporating that in everything that they're doing. And they really are concerned about the environment. So that was really incredible to see. And I think um, it's just a feast for your eyes. There's so many things there that um, are over the top, similar to Las Vegas. But for me, it just feels more authentic in Singapore than it does in Las Vegas. So, and the food, it, because it's a, a melting pot of cultures, you know, Indian, Malaysian, Thai, Vietnamese, it, there's a whole, um, you go to all the hawker centers where it's extremely affordable to eat. You can get an incredible meal for under $10. Wow. Yeah. So Singapore just really uh, spoke to me. And I actually can't wait to go back again and visit a third time. I don't know why I have this impression in my head, but isn't Singapore a little expensive otherwise, like hotel rooms and things? It can be, but I think that's where if you are smart about booking your hotel, then you can actually get a very affordable hotel room there. I think... Um, there are so many hotels, especially down by the financial and like business center. And they often have rooms that at the last minute, if they haven't been booked, they will discount them. So for example, a great website to use is Hotel Tonight. Um, when you're looking toward, you know, last minute, because they will release those rooms and they just want to get them booked. Um, you can also look at the smaller hotels. And because there are so many high-end um, over-the-top hotels in Singapore, the smaller ones, I think, to attract a clientele are more budget-friendly. And what's budget-friendly? Like, I'm a 150 a night kind of gal um, <laughs> for rooms. That was like, that's like my number when I'm looking around. Is it above or below? Um, when I stayed there alone, I splurged and I stayed at the Fort Canning Hotel. And I think it was 165 a night plus tax. Um, when I stayed there for House Hunters International, we were at more of a business hotel, but I think that was like, and it was a great hotel and it was maybe $125 per night. Sold. Okay. It was affordable. Yeah. Okay. And now let's shift to national for those of us who are scared of, you know, stomach diseases, even though we can certainly get a bug here in the States. But yeah. tell us for those of us who are traveling nationally where we should be looking. Um, another place I traveled to this year, which I've been to in the past, but a long time ago, was Santa Fe in New Mexico. And 
I was blown away. So much so that I actually want to move there someday. Um, I feel like that's a destination that isn't quite as easy to get to as some other places, but it's worth it because there's so much to do that I think even if you're traveling with a group or a family where you have varied interests, um, everyone will find something that they're happy about and, and like to do, you know, from hiking and, and being outdoors to the art and the culture and not just Georgia O'Keeffe, you know, there's an incredible street there that's full of art galleries. Um, so you have all of these local artists and, and artists that really come from all over the world because the light is so wonderful there that um, that's why they, they, I think, flock to Santa Fe to paint and to really utilize that beautiful uh, desert light. And then the food there is, is really good as well. And what's it like budget-wise? Like, what's a good... I, I... Um, I think budget-wise, there you can go to, to a taco place where you're spending maybe $10, $15 on your meal, and it is incredible, um, like Tex-Mex food or Southwestern food. Um, and then you can go to a very fancy restaurant that would have prices comparable to a restaurant in New York City. So I think that it kind of runs the gamut there, which is so nice because we kind of picked and choose. Like we did splurge one night, but other days um, we definitely kept things more budget friendly. Well, and I will say, even though this doesn't apply to everyone, it's nice to live in New York where everything's so expensive because pretty much wherever I travel, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so affordable. I can definitely have a second cocktail. You know, (laughs) I overpay so much in my normal life that other places feel like this. Yeah, I went to Virginia and they had a $3 beer. And I was like, what's going on? There's a trick. And I went to Santa Fe and I must say, because my husband and I did Route 66. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we drove from St. Joe or something in Missouri all the way to Vegas. Don't knock Vegas, Meredith. To me, it felt very authentic. We had a crazy time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we stopped in Santa Fe and New Mexico was so enchanting. It truly is the land of enchantment. It was our favorite stop on the entire trip, and it was magical. The sunsets, the air, the people. Yeah. I would definitely retire there. Right? Okay. Let's start something. (laughs) My Airstream will be next to your Airstream. (laughs) And you can design them both. (laughs) I love it. So changing gears a little bit, just in general, what are some good budget travel tips that you have? Sure. Well, I figured um, since we're in the beginning of fall now, a lot of people are thinking about holiday travel. Um, And I think a lot of people get two weeks off this year, if you're talking about the school year, um, because Christmas and New Year's falls on the Wednesday of each week. So Like I know New York City public schools are actually giving the two full weeks off. So there's a lot of opportunity to travel, even if you stay home for Christmas week. Um, So actually, in terms of booking flights, the best time to do that is right now. The window is end of September through the end of October. Um, So you still have time. You have about uh, like three and a half more weeks. Um, and that's not to say that if you're a last minute planner that you can't get deals much closer 
to the holidays. But if you're going to hold off until then, you just have to be more flexible with your travel plans. You might have a longer layover somewhere or you might end up with a middle seat because all of the other seats, I know, not ideal, but hey, if you want to be on that cheaper flight and that's the seat that's left and you can, you know, bear, bear with that for a few hours on the flight, then um, it's worth it. Um, so a- another thing to look at if you're a last minute planner is there's a great website called Scott's Cheap Flights. And that is, um, you basically type in your departure airport, where you want to go, and the price you're looking to pay, and they will send you an alert as soon as they find something. And in that alert will be a link to go directly um, to the site to book the flight. So you can just take care of it right then and there. Um, but also, if you're, if you're looking ahead of time, like now, let's say you're looking at flights for Miami, you want it to have a a warm holiday. You can also set price alerts, and I would recommend doing that on a few different search engines because sometimes you get different prices depending on if you're looking at kayak is a site that I think a lot of people use for travel, even uh, search on Google. How did you set a price alert? Um, It's, you can go into Google and you can search for the flight and it will pull up like you can even pull up a whole timetable where if you have flexible days, it'll pull up the whole month and mm. it'll show you a grid of um, the the best days to travel for the best prices. And usually right there, it can say, you can click on a link that says set up a travel alert. Ah. I'm not sure if you need to have a Gmail account to do that. Um, I do. So I've never... Um, I've never had to worry about it. That might be the only thing is that you need a Gmail account to set up the alert. But you can do it even on Kayak? Because yeah. I do use well, Kayak. Yeah. You, can, you can set up Kayak alerts. Mm. There's also another website I love to use called Skyscanner. Um, that's a great one. And you can set up an alert as well. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, the other tip I would give when you're searching for flights is to look on your desktop, your computer, but also look on your mobile phone because sometimes they'll have deals on your mobile phone that they don't have, I know. Because I think more and more people are doing everything on their phones that sometimes they target you specifically on your phone. I think it would Um, be so hard to book a flight on my phone. Oh, I've done it all the time. Really? Yeah. Wow, 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 I'm so old school. I'm like, whoa. I need a keyboard for this. (laughs) It feels like such a commitment. I don't want to mess it up. Right. Well, a lot of the sites too, um, depending where you book, um, like if you, I have a Chase Sapphire Reserve credit card, which I love because you can earn miles so quickly for travel. And if you book anything through their website, you have 24 hours um, to cancel it at no charge in case you realize, oh, I made a mistake. That's not when I want to travel or Even something. if it says no refunds or whatever? Yeah. What? It's, yeah, it's part of Chase Sapphire Reserve's program. It's kind of like, I think it's Expedia that does the same thing. They'll let They'll give you 24 hours. And then if you cancel within the 24 hours, full refund and no questions asked, which is great. That is great. That is a hot, hot tip. Well, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with more of this goodness. 
Did you know that interior designers get up to 40% off all items at most major retailers? Do you wish you could have access to our full design discounts? 20% off at places like Pottery Barn, West Elm, 25% off at Restoration Hardware, 35% off at Joybird. Well, now you can. Affordable Interior Design is offering their designer discount shopping service. For $399, you get full access to our trade discounts for up to 25 unique items. No markups, no catch. Just head to affordableinteriordesign.com, go to the plans and pricing page, and you will see our designer discount shopping service. Click there, submit your shopping list online, and let us take care of the rest. On average, our clients save over $1,200 using this service. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com to check out our full list of discounts and more. We are back with Meredith Lerner from the Let's Be Merry blog. I love her blog. And I must say, I'm going to confess, I am not a big blog reader. If I have time, I'll read my Kindle, like an amazing autobiography or something. I just don't find myself searching for blogs. But... I read Mary's religiously. When a new one comes out, because I'm a Facebook fan, when a new one comes out, I pop right on because it feels like reading a book. You weave so much personal stuff about your journey and what you're seeing and also so many like insider tips into your posts that I feel like I'm getting a story, I'm getting tips. It's experiential. So I read, <laughs> yours is the only blog I read. Is that really bad, Mary? Oh, there is another one. My next door neighbor has a blog about recipes, <laughs> and that's the, but the only re- I don't actually cook the recipes. I just love it when people weave in stories and tips. You've got me, like on yeah. pretty much any subject. All right, I digress. Let's get back because now that I know all about how to book a flight, I needed to know that years ago. By the way, now that I know how to book a flight like a pro, tell me how to book a hotel like a pro. What should I be looking for? How do I get good deals? You mentioned Hotel Tonight, which I did not know was international. I do have yeah. the app on my phone, but I didn't know. Yeah, it's, it's international and it's a great resource to have. Um, when you're booking more in advance for a hotel, there's a few things that I like to do to find the best price. Even if I'm going for like more of a luxury or high-end option, you know, sometimes I'm treating myself or if I just want that more budget-friendly option. Um, you definitely want to do a little bit of legwork and do your research. So that means checking out a, th- a few of the different websites. Like you can check out Expedia, Kayak again, and, you know, all the typical travel sites. But then what I would also do is check the hotel to see what rate they're giving for the same nights. Because I'm a big believer in frequent flyer miles and hotel miles and points. I have 100% used them to my advantage to travel for free or to travel at a huge discount. So many hotels will often match the lowest price you find if it's not on their website. So let's say you find a a room is $150 per night on a hotel website, but Expedia has it for $110. If you call them, they will match the rate. And then if you book through them, you get the miles. The problem with using a lot of these discount sites like Expedia and Travelocity is you can earn miles with their site, but you often can't earn the hotel points that you would normally earn. So well, that is so interesting because I didn't know you could do that. 
And so I I go to Chicago every quarter for work. I have like this business mastermind group that I'm in. And I always book on Expedia because I like to, you know, pick different places and investigate. And I don't want to go back to the same hotel. I want to explore Chicago while I'm there. It's like a little perk. But the problem is when you book through those sites, they treat you like a second class citizen. You know, you get the room facing the brick wall. They don't care about anything. They have it flagged or something on their system. So you really feel like you didn't book through them. Right. And so I remember I've only booked directly through the hotel once or twice because the rates really can't compare typically. And you'd get treated so much better. I was like, this is the life, people. But I still can't bear to lose that $30 savings. So that is so cool. So you just call them up on their 1-800 number or whatever? Yeah, like what I like to do sometimes is actually call local, like to get someone at the front desk versus the call center. And then usually they will be pretty helpful. And not every hotel does this, but I would say most of them, they want your business and they are willing to match the the cheaper price that you found. And I would rather book with them. I want to be that VIP, right? Right. (laughs) So I don't want, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them looking up on the computer and they're like, oh, you booked through a different site. And really feeling like that scene in Pretty Woman where she like (laughs) gets kicked out of the dress shop or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another tip I have, and this um, applies to um, researching for flights as well, is if you're spending a week researching every night before you pull the trigger and book, clear your cookies in your browser every day before you look again. Because I've actually done this, I've experimented with this. And when I haven't cleared my browser, the cookies, they quote me at a higher price. (gasps) And if I clear my browser and I come in again as if I'm doing a fresh search, because it's almost like they know you're interested. And so they play around with the pricing because of that. (laughs) That is wild because, you know, I would think of it being the opposite. That they know you're right. interested, but you didn't pull the triggers, they'd give you better deals because that's what happens in a retail market. So if you're shopping retail, if you put something in your cart, even if you're just mildly interested, you should always put it in your cart and then leave it. Yeah. Like I had a rug. I was dying for it, Grandin Road. And for some reason, I just didn't want to pay full price. Like ridiculous. If you really want it that bad, just pay full price. But anyway, so I put it in my cart and I kept getting coupon after coupon. And finally, it got so low with free shipping. I was like, of course, this is the <laughs> magic I've been waiting for. But I assume that they would do the same thing with a, a hotel search. That is wild. Yeah. And it's with airfare, I've really noticed it too, because in general, it's so wonky and it goes up and down. Um, and back to airfare for a minute. Typically, on Tuesdays at midnight, they seem to like, I don't know what it's called, but if you've been watching a flight and it's going up and up and up, then check again on that Tuesday, um, it's come back down again. It's like they almost clear through their systems and, and that's typically one of the best times to buy. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to get on that too. I've got to set like a phone alert or something. <laughs> right. Um, another good hotel tip is we often belong to a lot of these clubs and things that we don't think can help us with travel. But AAA, for example, 
Um, most hotels will give you a discount if you're a AAA member, up to 10 or 15%. And a lot of people just don't even think about that or realize that when they're booking their hotel. Um, but it's certainly something worth checking for. Because I would say, like, at least in the United States, like 80% of hotels will offer you that AAA discount. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Now, for a grand finale, Meredith, I yeah. have a kicker question. If I was on a budget, just theoretically, as the gal who spends $150 on a hotel room, if I was on a budget and I wanted to travel somewhere, international or national, I'm open, where would be the destination that you would recommend, considering you've seen it all, done it all? Um, I would say Thailand would be a great place to visit. Well, the you'd have to be you know put those flight alerts to get a cheap flight it is possible if you travel during the shoulder seasons particularly and, and you don't go at the high season which is typically december january but once you are there thailand is extremely affordable uh you can stay in very cheap hotels that are so clean and safe and efficient they won't have a ton of amenities but you're not paying for them and there you can get a meal, like a great meal for $2, Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And, and most of what you want to do and the sightseeing, it's also pretty cheap and the transportation is. And what's great about Thailand is I've found it to be a pretty safe country to travel in as well. They're, it's, they're very friendly, the Thai people. Um, I would say maybe stay out of Bangkok. I would go to places like Chiang Mai. Um, which is up north and is really beautiful, and to some of the beach towns. Um, Bangkok is more of your typical large city, um, so prices will be a little bit more expensive there. But in general, I think Thailand would be a great place to go if you're a budget traveler and you really want to see and explore something that's very different from uh, everything we know in the United States. Well, you had me at beach town, but I need to know if a great meal is $2, how much is a nice hotel, like in a beach town? Um, I think you can actually find like cute little beach bungalows at a good hotel, like for $75. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> and the oh, other thing yeah. I would worry about a little bit is the language. How's um, that? Yeah, I would say, especially in the more touristy areas, um, and you want to visit some of those places because they're just beautiful. Um, most people speak English. And when you're at the hotels, um, they typically speak English. Of course, you might you might end up in a restaurant, you know, a small little hole in the wall place that with the food looks amazing, where you're kind of pointing, and you're, you know, but I think that's part of the fun of travel is you get your phone out, try to use Google Translate or you use sign language. And, um, you know, people have been figuring that out for ages. So that's that's part of the fun of traveling somewhere you've never been to. Well, these have been fabulous tips. Mary, we know we can find you at your blog. Let's be Mary. Is it let's be Mary.com? Because I always click through Facebook. So yes, it's let's be Mary.com. And tell us, is there another place we should find you or is that the best place to locate you if we have more travel questions or just want to read more? Oh, sure. On Facebook, you can also find me at Let's Be Merry. And on Instagram, I'm also Let's Be Merry with just an underscore in between each word. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your tips. 
I never have really been interested in visiting Eastern cultures only because there's so much to see in the Western world and I feel more comfortable there. But reading your blog and seeing your adventures, because you have been spending a lot of time in the East lately, has been so inspiring. And Thailand is now on the list. It's on the list. And I might even go to Bangalore to design that palace in person now. We've been designing it virtually for about three years and maybe I should go visit that palace. You absolutely should. Put it on the list. Yes, and then I'll check your blog for all the deets. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mary, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.